Hello, I am Laurent Cortines. This is Crap Football, Crap Pundit, where I talk about the Premier League, Manchester City, and other things that tickle my fancy. On today's show, I got to talk more about the VAR because it drives me crazy. I've got the Instagram Live going finally for the fourth time, and we're going to talk about VAR, week three matchups, penalty taking, and shit sports narratives so let's get to it var 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 so if you watched the video the other day i talked about my hatred of var how much it ruins my soul and how much it crushes me on a regular basis and the premier league is still struggling trying to find a way forward for the var and it's still a fucking shit show, and it's driving me nuts. So if you don't know, City had a game taken off because of a penalty late, and they also didn't have a penalty called when Rodri was taken down in a box. All that the talk was on Monday and Tuesday, and Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday was about that, and it was awful, and VAR is crushing sport. I talked about it already. It's soul-crushing to have a goal chalked off when you're watching. You're trying to enjoy it. You're trying to be in the moment and the scientific attack on everything and professionalism of everything is still going. It's still trying to kill people. And my friend John says, boo. I say boo to you, my friend. Uh, we carry on. VAR hurts. VAR makes me sad. Um, I hope the, the live stream is somewhat interesting. There's only one person watching it and it's John. So thank you, Johnny. Um, I don't know. It's just like we keep trying to make things better without realizing what we have. It's like this sort of sense of being grateful for what you have and you don't really realize how bad it is till it's gone. The other thing I think happens is Other sports in other countries view the U.S. as the country to emulate when it comes to how to present sport. They're jealous. They look to the NFL. You can see it with Tottenham. You can see it with um, with the way the, the league actually started. It copied baseball. And they seem to think that we've got it right because we make money. But culturally, it doesn't fit. You don't realize you don't want those stoppages. You don't want the song and dance. We're creating so much narrative around sports just to make it interesting. And I think that Europeans are going to find out the hard way. The more and more they try and copy American style sports, the more and more they're going to lose the Americans who are reaching out for their style of sports in a more pure way with less stoppages and less pomp and circumstance and more about the game. In soccer, there's no defense chance. There's no organ there's nothing. The only atmosphere that comes from a game is the fans. So imagine American sports in that manner, and you just can't even imagine it. It's madness. So, you know, let's let's keep that in mind and screw VAR. I've got a special track that I can play later on for this uh, clip, but uh, you'll see it at the opening of the pod. Um, let's go to the matchups 
and see where we are. So we're in week three. Right now, the standings are Liverpool, two played, two wins with a four-goal difference. Arsenal, also 2-0 with a two-goal difference. Then City, 1-1, one and one, 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 one win and a draw with a five-goal difference. They drew ridiculously. Then United are one and one, one win and a draw with on four points, with a goal difference of four. Brighton and Hove Albion, both of them, are also on four points with a goal difference of three. Spurs are also on four. Lots of point, lots of teams on four points. So all the teams that have a win and a draw, that would be City, United, Brighton, Spurs, Bournemouth, Sheffield, and Everton. Two teams with just a win, Burnley and Norwich. Leicester with two draws on two points. Wolves and Leicester, both on two. And then Crystal Palace, Chelsea, and West Ham just have a draw on one point. And Villa, Newcastle, Southampton, and Watford all still on the schneid on zero points. You want to get off the schneid. And right now they are on the schneid. They should have goal songs. No goal songs. Just cheering. No goal songs. So, Liverpool are top of the league, and that's the way the conspiracy theorists want it. Ah, fucking Liverpool. I hate them. Anyway, matches this week. Tomorrow at... Oh, a Friday. A Friday game. Oh. So this would have been a great match in 1984. Aston Villa, former Champions League winners, 1984, against the... Never relegated Everton at Villa Park. Aston Villa have, have not won a game. They played well against Spurs, but uh, are still oh, not on the schneid. They lost to Bournemouth last week 2-1 on a wonder goal. Everton playing well, still playing great defense. They won last week on a goal by Bernard. Norwich City faced Chelsea Saturday, 7 a.m. Uh, Norwich are good. I think Chelsea should be very worried. If I were Chelsea, I would not take this game for granted. Norwich have Timo Pukki, who scored a hat-trick last week. They are tough. They're going to come to play. It might be a high-scoring game because I think, you know, Norwich are going to have problems on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have problems making mistakes, trying to play all the time. But they have a way they want to play. They have an identity. They have a goal scorer in Timo Pukki, the 29-year-old Finn, who's going to put goals past Chelsea because Chelsea don't have a goal scorer. I think Chelsea right now would kill to have Timo Pukki. Instead, they've got a bunch of wide players and wingers, and they're still trying to find the right mix. Um, uh, so they are looking for the right way to play, and they still have Christian Bulisic, but they still haven't really found a way. Uh, oh, the Saturday noon, the, the Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff times is Brighton and Hove Albion against Southampton, a South Coast uh, affair. They don't really have a rivalry, but they should. That will be, that's going to be a good game because I like House and Hoodle and I like Brighton. I like the way Graham Potter is playing. He's got that team on the front foot. So we'll see. I think if Brighton lose, if Southampton lose this game, they're going to start to feel a little bit worried. So we'll see what happens there. Crystal Palace go to Old Trafford. They go see their old boy, uh, Aaron Wambisaka, who transferred himself to Man United. Uh, Crystal Palace might be worried. They really need their 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 danger man, 
Zaha to really start kicking on. Man United got a good draw. They should have won, and we'll talk about the penalty later against Wolves. But they've got to feel good about where they are. They have an identity. I listened to uh, Gary Neville talk about the team. He's a long, long time United player and pundit now on Sky Sports News. And he got the feeling that he liked the team. So it's not necessarily that they're going to challenge for the title, but they at least have an identity. Man United have, they've got a new defender. They've got young players. They've got a core of guys that have played together. And in maybe 18 to, tw- to maybe 12 to 18 months, they could feel good together and then try and find that special addition and try and replicate the Eric Cantona uh, addition, like one special player who comes in and kind of tops off the cake. But right now, Man United have something to be excited about. They've got a good defender. They still have Pogba playing. And uh, I think they should feel good about themselves. They are not. Do not get me wrong. They are not in the class of Liverpool and Manchester City. Like, they're not close to Spurs. United will get the doors blown off them by those teams. But I think talent alone, passion alone, club alone will carry them into the top four. I think they're in decent shape. Watford versus West Ham. That's far west suburb of Watford and the core London club, West Ham. West Ham not playing great. They drew against Brighton. Watford are winless. Uh, That's a big game, kind of a fun game. I don't really know what's going on there. Sheffield United coming off a big win against Crystal Palace. Go to Leicester City, who were awesome against against Chelsea. Uh, I would expect Leicester City to win that game, but Sheffield United at home, very tough, very defensive, playing with a lot of passion. They're still in the first few weeks of the season where they're going to feel good about still being in the Premier League, and they're not in, like, the doldrums of, oh, my God. There's still 20 games to go. Are we going to feed off this energy that's taken us through to the Premier League and now winning some games? But Sheffield United are fun. They've got a fascinating coach, and uh, they're worth a watch, so check them out. And then the big, big, big clash, well, it's not been that big, to be fair. Sorry, Arsenal. Is Liverpool at home at Anfield against Arsenal. This match has not gone well for Arsenal over the last few years, and let's see if we have the results here. Let me see uh, if there is any info here. Yeah, um, Liverpool are unbeaten in their last eight matches against Arsenal in all competitions, four wins, four draws, and they have not enjoyed a longer run since February 2000. Wow. Arsenal are without a win in their last six to Anfield. They're 0-2-4, conceding two goals or more in each of the last matches, 22 in all. So Arsenal have been getting killed by Liverpool whenever they go to Anfield. But, 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 I think there is a big but here. One, Liverpool have not played well. They could have easily dropped points against Southampton. Norwich cut them open a little bit in the first game of the season. And now they've got to play Arsenal. I would not be surprised if Arsenal gets something out of this game. Arsenal have been playing better. There's a little bit of hope. There's a glimmer. The door is open. The Unai Emery experience is living well and doing well. So we'll see what comes of this. I like this game. I will be watching from the pool while Aveline is swimming. That's how it goes. 
Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Bournemouth play Man City. This has traditionally been a slaughter game. Seems like City, I was going to say it seems like City play Bournemouth all the time. They play them twice a year. Uh, this was a tough game two years ago. This was a Raheem Sterling goal scored as a, in a 94th minute. Now that game would be just, you know, a VAR would call that goal off. But City shouldn't have a problem with Bournemouth. They're playing really, really well. They got a stupid draw because of the stupid VAR, which is stupid. And I'm going to say stupid again. City have actually played really well. And I would argue that they've played better than both Arsenal. They've, they've played better than Liverpool for sure, but they just don't have the points to show for it. They're still good. They're still going to win lots of games. Uh, Spurs play Newcastle. Newcastle's really fucking bad. Newcastle's in trouble. They've got a bad coach. They've got bad players. They've got bad mojo. They're coming down to London against a pissed-off, feeling-lucky Spurs team where Mauricio Pochettino is like, I love the BAR. And anyway, I say, fuck you. Uh, Pochettino I don't love the BAR and then Wolves versus Burnley rounds out the week that is a game I will not watch because neither of those teams actually want the ball so they might just kick the ball to each other across the midfield and see how they're doing uh Ashley Barnes has two goals or is it Ashley Barnes some guy I can't remember the fucking names anyway so that's the preview but let's talk about what happened in the uh it's more more sports narrative. So, in the United game, Paul Pogba drew a penalty late and took the penalty and missed. Okay? Not that unusual. Last season, Pogba took a lot of penalties and missed a lot of penalties. The week before, the young protege, Marcus Rashford, took a penalty and took it fine. I think he even took one in the... In, like, the World Cup, he may have taken a penalty. I don't even know. Anyway, so the controversy is who's supposed to take penalties? Dun-dun-dun, punditry, 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 narrative, narrative, narrative. I don't think it really fucking makes a difference. Uh, The narrative dictates that whoever misses the penalty, it becomes the narrative of why did they take the penalty, you know? Um, And so Pogba is just a natural lightning rod because... He's so flashy. He's so brilliant. He's so much of a personality on the pitch that he draws attention to himself. And um, by... Oh, I hear someone in the background. By, um, By taking the penalty, he's drawn attention to himself and caused more problems than it's worth. And so... These are talk shows and our pundits need something to talk about. So come Monday after the game, come Tuesday, come Wednesday, we've got to ask every pundit, what did you think of the penalty? Does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer have control of his team? It's really ridiculous. These are professional players. The guy drew the penalty. He picked up the ball and he kicked it. If you think that they're thinking that hard about it, I think you're wrong. I think... Yes, teams should have designated penalty takers. There was a conversation. It didn't seem to be a problem. He took it. He missed it. They got a draw. End of story. Sports lives on narratives. It doesn't pay or make for good stories to say, oh, they lost because a guy had a cold. 
Oh, they lost because a guy, you know, he forgot to take a nap at lunchtime. Everything has a reason. The coach didn't do something. The player didn't do something. You hear it all the time. During a game, you hear things like, oh, he should score. He shouldn't have missed. Narrative. <laughs> Hello, Brooklyn dog time. Yay. Narrative. Sports needs narrative. Without a story to weave about an individual event or the week's games, the novella breaks. The story breaks. The male soap opera breaks. That was Crap Football. I am a crap pundit. And this was a crap podcast. And I will speak to you later.